0: What's up, Dave? Be very quiet. I'm hunting wabbits.
1: The episode titled today, Weaving Waskily Webs. And I don't know, for those of you who are not part of the U.S. crowd in our listeners, I don't know if you've seen the old Warner Brothers cartoon um, where you've got What's the name of the frickin' rabbit? Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny. Holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you That's are totally getting old, nice. man. No kidding, man. <laughs> Bugs Bunny. And there was a character called Elmer Fudd, which was like his ongoing nemesis who was always trying to hunt him. And he couldn't say his R's. He said him with, with W's. So he'd call him a wascally rabbit. Because the rabbit always got away. And uh, anyway... Weaving wascally webs. What the heck could that mean? Well, as usual, we'll let you know in a moment. But first, LDS Church in the news. (laughs) Uh, There's actually a few newsworthy items out there. One that caught my attention was the church recently announced that they're going to be calling these specialists uh, to essentially preach political involvement to the members, get the members more politically active. Um, And this has caused all sorts of reactions. I I guess the first thing to note is, as with most church callings, if I understand these callings correctly, these people aren't going to have training, right? So it's not like they're calling people who are already deeply involved in politics. I mean, they, they may do that for some of them. They'll, they'll probably get a, a manual of some kind that gives them resources on how to be a better, better in their calling to get people politically active, but they're not going to be trained if it's like most callings. And so, Hey, Dave, I, your new calling, I, you know, God wants you <laughs> to, to, <laughs> uh-huh.
0: To pretend that you know something about these. Real quick, just as an example, I was going to help with the addiction recovery Uh program in the church. I went to a meeting, and the focus of it was addiction to pornography. I didn't know that. So here is this couple in their 80s, a missionary couple, with a room full of 25 to 35, 40-year-old men addicted to pornography <laughs> the closest thing this couple's ever seen is maybe a sears robot catalog and have no and i thought this is i'm out sorry i can't help this oh, just as an example wow okay. yeah
1: so <laughs> so the 80 year olds in the, in the various <laughs> wards will be called to these positions uh potentially right but Look, uh, it's an interesting topic. We won't get way into it. spend a lot of time on it in the podcast, but uh, there was this other podcast called Mormon Land, which I think is led by uh, men and, and women. I don't think they're man and wife uh, team who are probably members if I'm if I'm perceiving Mormon land correctly. And they had an episode on this where they invited uh, this lady to uh, Morgan Lyon Cotty. She's the associate director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics, uh, and they're all about getting civilly involved as well in that uh, institute. And so they interviewed her on Mormon Land. They they went over some interesting statistics that I wasn't fully aware of. Like Utah is in, I think, the bottom four of states that actually turn out to vote,
0: oh, which that, is interesting. That's surprising,
1: yeah. Yeah. And we could talk about that some other time too, the the connection of politics and Mormonism. And I have some theories as to why the voting may be so low, but they're trying to get the voting up a little. And of course, again, there's controversy about, well, if you do that, you know, and more active members end up voting, wouldn't that make the GOP in Utah a little more powerful? So the Democrats are concerned, whatever, who knows, right? I, there's all sorts of complexity in that topic. I just think it's interesting. Uh, you know, This church, the church has to play this line again then where they need to appear as politically neutral as possible. Hmm. And so, hey, we want to get our members out more active, but let's not at the same time give the image that we're more leaning to the Republican side or whatever. Historically, you know, Utah has been a very Republican state, when the voting was more predominant it seems that lds beliefs and republic republicans go hand in hand whatever well, god so, god's yeah. a republican you knew that right of course yeah, yeah he started okay. the party yeah yes of course started, are we still talking about political parties or are we talking about other kinds of parties okay yeah that's after the show oh right like, right 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 you got all those things reserved right uh, okay we're good mm-hmm. Um, So that's LDS in the news. Kind of a, a more boring one, but I think relevant, interesting. Um, so to the weaving wascally webs, you know, another, th- <laughs> another source we got that from was <laughs> the famous Sir Walter Scott quote of 1808. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. That's the hidden meaning behind the title today. And what might we be talking about? What kind of deception are we talking about here? There's a lot of deception that goes on within the church. We're talking, particularly though, I think, about personal self-deception. Is what we're talking about in mm. this episode. And Dave, you had come across an interesting—was it call it a presentation or a talk? I guess given it an. Ex yeah. Mormon.
0: Ex-Mormon Foundation. Yeah. These things, uh, he, he actually mentioned the date, 2008. So it's been on the web for 11 years. How long? Okay. Yeah, And 27 years with CES. Who's this
1: guy? Do you remember his yeah. name?
0: I I don't know. Just, just look up Lying for the Lord. Okay. That's the name of the. And it'll, okay. yeah. And it's a nine part. It's just a talk. They split it up into nine parts. What I thought was interesting, there's a, a lot of good points he makes, but how the first thing that happens to a member is what we could call self-justification. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a topic all of its own where, and we all do this, whether it's uh, referring to religion or other aspects of our life, we justify we justify our actions we justify our beliefs mm-hmm. and and uh, our thoughts and and behaviors self justification which leads to self deception well how would that in justifying the things that we say we believe we begin to lie to ourselves mm. well that doesn't even counterintuitive how do you lie to yourself what do you think mike how do you how do you lie to yourself well yeah so so
1: when you talk about this concept of justification that we all do and it's part of the human psyche right it's not always justifying a lie it's basically so so why do i make an important decision why do or why do i take an action that has an impact of a certain gravity mm-hmm. And I, I do that because I, I justify my decision or my action based on the knowledge that I have and the things that I believe. And again, to your point, this could be non-religious as well. And so those things that I believe or the, the knowledge that I have, it could be correct or incorrect. It could be biased or unbiased. You know, I mean, it's normally going to have some kind of bias to it let's face it, right? Most things are biased in some direction. Uh, So it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, right? I could make a a, a decent decision. I justified it because of this, of this. And wow, turns out that was a really good decision or that was a really good act, you know, because what I was using as my knowledge base or my reasoning was pretty solid. So that can happen. Hopefully that's the majority, Mm -hmm. you know, of of the decisions and actions we make um, or take, In this case, we're talking about a religion which has demonstrably been shown to be false and fraudulent in its beginnings and in the teachings of its founders, and in the works that came from them, such as the Book of Mormon. And we get to the point as we mature in our study of the church's teachings especially nowadays with all the information out there if we really are a seeker of truth if we really are researching things we will find some disturbing information and so we have this dilemma now where we can still make decisions and take actions but we have to start justifying those in a bad way uh, we we justify the act. Well, I just discovered this in this disturbing mm-hmm. thing about this topic, but I'm gonna I'm gonna teach it or do it or take this action the original way anyway because right. of certain reasons. well, what would those reasons be? And so if you're doing something that you know is contrary to the truth or contrary contrary to, doing the right thing in quotes, then you're lying to yourself, right? Because you know better, essentially. You you know better, but you're choosing to
0: do something this other way anyway. This is the early onset of what can become mental illness, including cognitive dissonance. We continue to repeat until the point we repeat the lie to ourselves. And then eventually to others who are also lying to themselves right. <laughs> in a self-congratulatory type of fashion. And, and we affirm to each other, yes, you know, testimony meeting, whatever. And, and, and we're we're caught up in this web because we have to tell another lie to make sense out of the original mm. lie. Pretty soon you've got You've got a wascally wabbit in your web. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not just a spider; it's a monster, yeah. and it's in it's in your psyche, and can cause a lot of uh, a lot of damage that way. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, this re- you know anyway. this relates. This is an interesting topic because it relates to a lot of misconceptions about people's understanding of, of church doctrines and their level of activity in the church. You know, one thing that, that regularly comes up in my conversations with people about these things, which I think is related to our topic, is the relationship of intelligence, which again, we could focus on that niche for an entire episode, and we might do that in the future. What I mean by intelligence is, you know... Where this comes from most frequently is when I'm talking with people who've never been members of the church. So, whether it be a friend or associate or whoever, they've never, they know a little about the Mormon church. They've never been a member. They know some of the bad stuff that's come out now as far as the, you know, teachings and foundations of it and all the lies and so forth. And so they look at that and say, well, man, what an idiot would ever become? You know, what kind of idiot would ever become a member of this church? You'd have to be really stupid. And the reality is there's a lot of really intelligent members. (laughs) There Mm -hmm. really are some very intelligent people who are active members of the church. And so therein lies this interesting study. And you say, well, if it's not related to intelligence, what's going on here? Because an intelligent person, not every one of them, but a lot of uh, the measure, or I shouldn't say measure, the behavior of an intelligent person will include sometimes things like research, right? They like to logically think about things and, and seek things out. Um, and so when you present disturbing facts to them, this is an intelligent person. Now, how are they going to respond? And there's this interesting experiment or whatever, right? If you will, of, and that's where this principle can come in that we're talking about so they have a choice now they're an intelligent person somebody brought a disturbing fact to their to their you know view about let's say a teaching in the church now how am i going to deal with that and it doesn't matter at that point the the intelligence level what matters is no. am I I have a choice? Am I gonna justify this? Am I gonna practice cognitive dissonance? I'm gonna separate my critical thinking from what I was already believing, right? About this topic, or am I going to give in, so to speak, to the truth? And that's that has a cost associated with it. We've talked about this cost before. So it's really a cost question it's not an intelligence yeah, in, question investment question investment yeah.
0: yes what does it look like i've well i've already figured out this is what actually happened if that's the what we're talking uh, an event mm-hmm. in history or whatever it might be uh, i'm going to go ahead and go with that what's that going to lead me to what else am i going to find out so before the pursuit even begins there's a reticence to go down that rabbit hole, who knows what kind of shit I might dig up. And then what does that mean for me? Can I continue Mm -hmm. to follow a path in search of truth or a path to protect the church and the brethren? Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things uh, this guy brought up is he said, the church institutionalized lying as a management tool from the very beginning. That's and excellent. <laughs> he had eight or nine quotes from members of the 12 and the first presidency mostly early earlier church history but not all wherein they basically said I would gladly lie to protect one of my brethren. Wow. And the, these are quotes. The, this is documented. He he you can go to his talk. So this this is not fudging. <laughs> this is not a little white lie. What's more important, the truth or devotion to the church and the brethren? Obviously, the second wins. Mm. You know what I thought of, Dave, when you brought up the
1: fact that he gave quotes, is I thought of a talk that I've brought up before on an episode or two. The infamous talk from Boyd K. Packer, I think it's back in the 80s, called The Mantle is Far, Far Greater Than the Intellect, which directly relates to this concept of intelligence, right? And what he says in that talk, he's talking to the CES, the Church Education System instructors, so seminary institute teachers, etc., huge crowd of people. And he's basically telling them, look, I know a lot of you are very intelligent, and you're going to find out things, this or that, whatever, about doctrines, etc., but Let me tell you, your calling as an instructor in this church is far, far more, far, far more important than your intelligence. So if something rubs against your intelligence as not being quite right or not being quite true, (laughs) just bury that because it's more important that you're teaching church stuff.
0: Well, not all things that are true have value. Man, that was the second <laughs> part of that. But we already brought that one up before. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, he said that. I think that's where that phrase originally came from, was uh-huh. that talk, actually. I not think all so. Things,
0: not all well, tr- things that are true are, are very useful. Very right? useful. That's the word yeah. useful. Yeah. Uh, um, when I was in CES, we we practically uh, had that talk memorized. It was like our canon, part of our canon as as instructors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... <laughs> no,
1: I encourage the listeners to go re- find and read that talk, because... Oh, yeah. What you'll basically see when we think about this this phrase, lying for the Lord, right? It, Boyd K. Packer literally instructs the CES instructors. There's some redundancy for you. <laughs> he... He commands the CES
0: instructors to lie. Mm -hmm. That's what the whole talk is about. Bottom line, it's more important to not weaken the testimony of your students than it is to tell the truth. That's right. In fact, he goes on
1: and he says, if you don't lie, if you don't play the party line, toe the party line, you are going to have some serious repercussions in this
0: life and in the life to come.
1: Major yeah, major always, threats. You always yeah. get that
0: hangover into the next world.
1: <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Yeah. You won't just get fucked over in this life, guys. <laughs> you're not going to just lose your job and your and your income. You know, as a as a CES instructor, you're going to have some eternal, uh, you know, repercussions for not lying for the Lord. It's a no pretty use, amazing talk. It, it no really use is. The
0: fear there, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Again, yeah. the, the Godhead invoked. There's another aspect of this. And to be honest, whenever I think of that title or subject, lying for the Lord, one of the first things that comes into my mind is a more subtle form, I suppose, of lying, which includes uh, setting apart and um, giving blessings. And this, what's the word? You had a word for it, where if I appear less spiritual than I should be to my fellow members, that's, that's going to be bad for me. So mm-hmm. when I, as either a father, just giving a father's blessing or ev- even more so, maybe a member of a Bishop Rick, some leadership position, and I'm setting people apart. I am going to make it sound as much like I'm talking for God as possible. And what that amounts to, is your making shit up. Now you could say that's not lying. <laughs> that's fabrication. Yeah. And yeah. I was definitely guilty. I've always had somewhat of a silver tongue mm-hmm. and, and could deliver, you know, uh, talks and speeches. And when I gave a blessing, no, it's not going to be the average blessing. Oh, hell no. No, I'm going to, Flower that thing up. I'm gonna, you know, make it flowery is what I'm trying to say. I'm gonna uh, say things where not only the person, the recipient, but the people in the circle are gonna go, "Wow, that was, oh, that was <laughs> so beautiful." Yeah, too bad it was all fucking bullshit. <laughs> I have a very creative mind. I didn't hear a little voice in my head. Tell me what to bless that person with, AKA lying for the Lord. Uh, or the little voice you did hear was yours,
1: right? I mean, that's, that's yeah, there you it's go. Your, your imagination. I, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast right there, bro, because there's this whole topic of the power of the human mind being so much more than we ever could imagine. And what it can cause us to feel or think or do uh and actually its effect on our body and this is a, mm. an a really interesting topic and you know I just bring it up because I was the same way when i gave blessings and you know I was told hey you have a gift in the priesthood to heal that's one of your gifts and and here's the crazy thing right i would i Feeling that that was true when I was fully indoctrinated and believing, I, you know, I again, I totally believed it. And so I spoke like I believed it. And the person receiving the blessing was, shit, I believe that. And so their mind's effect on their body, sometimes they would be like healed. Sure. Right. And that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother placebo type of effect. There's Uh, a placebo effect. And the placebo effect is real. The medical industry would tell you that. If you believe something's going to help you, there is a very strong effect of the mind on the body. And we don't fully understand that. But that's going on as well. Right. Which can really mind fuck you because you can see that
0: and you can be like, wow, it is real. See, it is real. And it's like, well. Yeah. Not only maybe a a positive effect from a, a blessing, but the continued um, repetition. God, I'm lost for words here. <laughs> when I when I as as a member of a bishopric, I gave hundreds of blessings, setting uh, settings apart. After a while, through repetition alone, I began to believe my own bullshit. Mm, yeah, I I yeah. began. Self-delusion, I I really do think I'm inspired to say these things, mm-hmm. it, which just, again, confirms that this really is the work of God and that he's speaking through his servants. And, uh, you know, how many lives have been basically destroyed because the the recipients of patriarchal blessings and, and other so-called uh, inspiration— uh caused them to take a path in their life yeah that ended up leading them fucking nowhere yeah yeah or based in, on fiction <laughs> in the best yeah or in the best case scenarios
1: took them away from many things that they probably could have experienced or or wanted to do in their life right there and the, and they purposely didn't because well my i kind of have an inkling i want to do this but my patriarchal blessing says that and so i'm going to do that and what a shame you know to to change your decisions in life and uh again another broad topic what how would we have changed or done things differently in our life uh or lives if we hadn't believed the bullshit right and and that's you know that's something that's that's just a price that has to be carried by people who leave right and you can't let it drag you down and and make you, mm. you know, regret. You got to live in the now, as as we say, uh, and fulfill your potential now. But it's it is a shame. It, it is. I mean, it's yeah, it's uh, and and you know what I was thinking when you said, "Hey, through repetition, I just started to believe my own bullshit." I, there's so much of that in the church. I thought of a couple things. One of the things that multiple people have said in leadership through the decades. You know, testimony comes in the bearing of it, right? And Mm -hmm. what are you teaching the person? You're basically telling them, go up, say you know, not just believe, say you know shit that you don't know. And the more you say that, the more you'll believe it, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's like brainwashing, basically, it is, because you could get up yeah. and say, I know, we brought this up, I know Walmart is true, because <laughs> I went to Walmart yesterday, and I had a really positive experience, and I think God told me to go to Walmart, and he He told me to go down this certain aisle, and I got a killer deal <laughs> on this item. Walmart is true, and, and you keep saying that, and so before you know it, you're going into Walmart and falling to your knees. <laughs> It <laughs> groveling at a shopping cart <laughs> oh. because you're going to have a spirit. Ah, okay. I'm getting ridiculous. But no, no, it's a good point, you know, or it's a good analogy. I mean, lie, uh, lying no. for the Lord, blatant lies. I, I'll go back to the beginning. I'm going to uh, suggest something very scary and that is to get into the mind of Joseph Smith, Uh-oh. the chief, chief purveyor of bullshit. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't know and, and don't really want to know his mind, but he definitely made this shit up on the fly. I see such evidence of that. For instance, I don't believe he ever intended on uh creating a church. Not at the beginning. No. No. His his only pursuit was to get rich. Make him make him living, yes, at least at a bare yeah, minimum. At least. Yeah. And you can't you can't blame him for that. He was destitute almost. I mean, they a lot of people were very poor Mm -hmm. back then. So but but it's the way he went about it through deceit, through sorcery, through occult practices, through the shit he used to do, if you brought it up, no one would ever join this church. The missionaries don't include that in the account of the first vision. Of course not. Which wasn't recorded till years later, but I what what's going on in his mind he he's he's reacting he's not acting which is proactive shit happens and he reacts so he's reading in the bible and he's saying you know we created this church it's not going to work unless they believe we have some kind of authority so years after the the supposed event took place he mentions the fact that the priesthood was restored, right? Right. Would, yeah. would, wouldn't you have mentioned that in your, in your journal that day? Yeah, that's what I call the "by the way" effect. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, you have, know, by the so, oh, by the way, everybody, you oh, do yeah. you do realize that Peter James and John came to visit Oliver and I and gave us the priesthood? You know, several years back. What? What the fuck? Oh, you should have probably mentioned that. You know,
0: back then. So, well, you weren't ready to hear. There it is. There it is. Milk before me. I love you so much. (laughs) I'm not going to give you filet mignon and you're still on pablum. You weak, (laughs) fucking, you know, that's what he's condescending. You know, the, so use the word fabrication. Uh, Let's not call it a lie that he said that this first vision happened or how he got the plates or where the book Abraham came from. We don't have time for the list. fabrications. And why I use that word is because he did have a very vivid imagination. Mm. And a part of that was, was the occult background of the area and his family. When, when his mother, Lucy Mack recounts in her book, how he would relate stories of the inhabitants of the Americas as if he had lived his whole life among them. He had a vivid imagination and it was entertaining. To people. Yeah, he was like the in-house radio show. There it yeah. is. They'd, they'd yep. all
1: sit around and listen to stories that Joseph would tell, and it was entertaining. They would fall under his spell. Yeah, and this is long before the whole Book of Mormon thing, right? This is when he was yes. younger, and he was kind of like a kid. He was like the house entertainer. He had this great imagination. But you know, another thing I thought of when you were saying, uh you know, pointing out reasons why you might. Deceive yourself, or start right. believing your your own bullshit, and it, it's very similar to Joseph's scenario. So, going back to your point of you know when you remember the bishopric, and you, after repetition, continued repetition, you would start to believe your own bullshit. Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. One of which is you mentioned you know hey this is this is all true, whatever. Maybe that you know another one is uh, honestly kind of more of a selfish view. Of Look, if if this is true, and I'm doing this for people, what does that make me? That makes me kind of special. Yeah, that makes me, I have a power. I have an ability to, well, I'm pretty cool, you know? And everybody's ego and id wants that. The ego wants to be special, wants to be powerful, wants to have an influence. And so you're not only believing your own bullshit there's well there's multiple reasons for you to believe your own bullshit i guess is what i'm saying one of them is the ego side of it of wow i'm kind of special and i think that started hitting joseph so he starts to see where some of the lies are discarded or fabrications some of them are believed and for the ones that are believed he just plays on those and he starts Mm. He starts kind of believing it himself. We'll never know to what level, right? We'll never know when he died, did he fully believe his own bullshit story because he'd been telling it so long. I, I don't
0: know. I see tr- I see traces of megalomania yes, definitely yes. later in Nauvoo yes. when he becomes head of the Nauvoo Legion, mm-hmm. when he's he's got dozens of wives. Uh, it's uh, And this is a pattern. Throughout history, Mm -hmm. I have the power. I get to have more than someone devoid of this power. Mm -hmm. So I get to have more wives. I get to have maybe more money. I get to have more privileges. I I get to be the head of the Nauvoo Legion. It's megalomania. Mm, Yeah, it definitely set in. Power. Power hungry. Yeah. So And by then, uh, even though if you
1: were to hook him up to a lie detector test at that time, and this takes us full circle to kind of the point of the episode, and and in that lie detector session, he tells you, Yeah, you know what, I know XYZ is bullshit. You know, even if he still had that, which I think he had a portion of that, he knew he was a liar. Mm-hmm. He knew he was a charlatan. Um, Yes, he he didn't fully believe all of his own bullshit, I guess, is what I'm saying. No,
0: I don't think even then,
1: though, there's what's called this sunk cost fallacy where so much had been invested, so much had been preached, you know, so much had been sold, if you will, of these fabrications that the cost of turning that around and ever admitting it, ever saying, you know what, guys? Now that I'm all well-to-do and rich and have all this, this was all bullshit. You know, this was all a lie. I'm going to tell you the truth. You would never do that. You would never do that. Because, the, the you know, think of the impact. They probably strung him out and crucified him in the street.
0: I mean, um, for all the lives. Well, sp- you know. speak of crucify I was just thinking of the mar- so-called martyrdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, you know, he died at a young age relatively uh had he not been taken um at Carthage how much longer could he have lasted under the weight of his own bullshit Mm. it was caving in on him I mean he was creating this morass again a, a web if you will one lie covers up the last lie covers up the next lie where does it end? I, I don't think he could have made it much longer had he not been taken mm. uh, in 44. Uh, and and is this the path? Well, yeah. Instead of it being a failure, no. Now he's a martyr. Mm. Now he's a role model. Yeah. And such shall all you who are truly faithful give your lives for the Lord. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to die at 38. (laughs) What the fuck? You know, uh, (laughs)
1: wow. Lots of interesting points. And, and um, I just had a bunch of interesting stuff flash through my mind when you were throwing that out there. This is what
0: happens when you and I converse.
1: It's uh, you know, the power of the fabrication and um, who knows, right? I mean, he could not have imagined how big this church would become in no, the decades no following way. his death. And, and, and in many ways, that's that powered it, right? That powered it. I mean, I, I look at a similarity with L. Ron Hubbard in Scientology, where he basically became insane uh, in his last years. He was completely incapable of making rational decisions. He was basically a hermit, Uh, being kept away Mm -hmm. from the people so they couldn't see him degenerate into oblivion. And when he passed, Mm, (laughs) when he passed Miscavige, you know, uses that opportunity because Scientology could have just essentially died at that point. Right. It could have just fizzled out. Well, our leader's gone. Well, no Miscavige was the new Joseph Smith, right? He came Hey, you know, on Hubbard uh, is a martyr for our belief. He uh, well not really the martyr preaching, but you know he's moved on to a higher level of understanding that he couldn't experience in this body. Oh, you're gonna spin it that way, okay. <laughs> well, now all of a sudden yeah. it empowers the faith, right? It empowers the belief system. Joseph wasn't in jail because he was wanted for a federal crime or anything, <laughs> you know. He was in jail because they were being unfair, and and he's a martyr. Okay, <laughs> now I guess it empowers. The- yeah, they're picking yeah, on. Us. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't yeah. burn a printing so, press down or anything, you
0: know. Uh, yeah, and you uh, you can get several different degrees in the church, and one of them is in being a spin doctor. Mm-hmm. You know uh, were experts. Well, the apologists are some of them. Honestly, <laughs> I, I still believe a large percentage of the membership, which seems to be shrinking, um, just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. They don't, they really don't care about any of the, the lies in the past or the present. They, they're just happy to bumble. I'm sorry. Bumble along mm. like, like, bah! you know, just <laughs> sheep and, you know, I I enjoy seeing my neighbors at church, and they're all friendly mm-hmm. to me. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to hang in there. I'm not going to ask any real questions yeah. or look for truth. No, not a real pur- pursuit of truth. And uh, so
1: ignorance is that bliss, takes justification, you know? right? Because most people
0: self justification yeah,
1: back yes. full circle, right? Most people are intelligent enough that they would appreciate. Uh, you know, facts and things that you could bring to their attention, but they don't want to hear those because Mm-mm. you let's not rock the boat. All of that stuff I've been told is, is lies anyway, ironically, <laughs> right? <laughs> Cause I don't already believe in lies. Um, so, you know, I, my current lies I'm going to just justify are good enough for me because I'm doing okay. And, uh, if, if you, if I believed something different, it would take some work. I suddenly wouldn't be right, which the ego is never going to happily go down that road. Right. You don't want to be told you've been, you've been wronged or you believe in a wrong thing. So, you know, it's a cost associated with that. I'm not even going to look at that. Look, that doesn't look nice. That doesn't look happy for me to go through that emotional paradigm
0: shift so i'm going to just kind of stay safe over here the the ability and the willingness to admit when you've been wrong is a big part of the mm-hmm. issue mm-hmm. um uh i had to you know go through some really rough places with that for me it was so blatant though um the the fallacious Bullshit. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it just really completely caved in on me. There was no justifying anything anymore. It, it was just so obvious mm. that it was uh, what a web had been woven by that wastly <laughs> wabbit and and i i wanted to get my elmer fudd shotgun and start blowing <laughs> shit up you know i was pretty pissed off where again others you know they might just get a taste of it and say nah nah i'm not gonna it, you know it was, so what's stronger again your ego or, or your heart are you being led by by your head alone and not the heart and when i say heart i don't mean emotions i mean the wisdom mm-hmm. that is centered at the heart not necessarily the mm-hmm. muscle but your mm-hmm. soul yeah that which you are truly
1: anyway i'm getting philosophical no now. it's uh it is a philosophical philosophical conversation that that we're talking about here so <laughs> as uh, as the webs of self justification and self deception start to fade a little more we will continue to see membership decline, which I think is, is excellent. I don't think the harm and, and the cost, to use that term again, has been a really great thing <laughs> that people have had to go through nope. as we start to see the card, the house of cards tumble a little bit. But better for the truth to be known... You know, better for the for people to have realness to create a word <laughs> in their lives rather than deception and this web. And uh I, I think a lot of it, my summary thoughts on this topic, a lot of the damage that happens, if if not maybe even the majority of the damage that happens in a religion like this. Which is completely falsified is the personal cost of having to justify it and having to deceive yourself. Mm-hmm. That is so damaging. Not to mention the damage that is externally, you know, uh, provided by leadership and teachings and stuff like that. Right? Which is also I, uh, yeah.
0: I have a closing thought. Mm-hmm. As you were speaking, I thought of. A song by Jefferson Airplane, so many of you won't be familiar, but late 60s band became Jefferson Starship in the 70s. In the 70s and 80s, yeah. Uh, They have a song called White Rabbit, (laughs) since we're talking (laughs) about rabbits. And the opening line to that song is, when the truth is found to be lies. Oh. Isn't that profound? Yeah, yeah. Ask Alice. I think she'll know. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm dating myself again, white uh, rabbit
1: The question is as you date yourself, are you kind to yourself? do you cook dinner for yourself do you you know do you give your i I have a thirty dollar limit <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meant date chronologically sorry oh, no. i i got i got that wrong a little bit. Okay. I'm kind of a lonely guy I' a little both. <laughs> Oh man, you know, uh, the magic of self-dating being you get to decide when you go to home plate, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, okay. Uh we just took a turn for the worse. Um yeah. We better not be gonna <laughs> cut this one. <laughs> uh thanks for listening everybody. <laughs> and although you may be sorry now that you did, <laughs> and uh dave you know the drill you get the final word
0: come here little bunny (laughs) oh dear god oh it's bad sorry Sorry, guys if you're still listening you should you should be uh, given an award or something or ashamed of yourself (laughs) oh okay i love you guys we'll talk to you soon all right peace out